Hello everyone and welcome Ben Race to the third episode of the Leading Mindset. And uh, so today we are with Ben Race, uh, Business Development Manager of Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce. Thank hey, you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, so I was going through your uh, bio and then your work experiences. It's amazing, amazing. I mean, like what you did. So we go through each one. Let's start with the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce. Sure. So I'm four months into mm-hmm. um, my um, working at the Los Angeles area Chamber of Commerce. It's the second largest uh, regional uh, chamber in the country. Mm-hmm. And our mission is very simple, uh, although um, not an easy one to fulfill. Like it's kept us busy for the last 130 years of mm-hmm. existence. And that's uh, to ensure economic prosperity for all in the Los Angeles region. Okay, that's right. Can you tell us more about like the how the because we are the uh, LA Chamber of Commerce member. Sure. So we see a lot of like businesses they join. You know they do like network. There are a lot of like great workshops, conferences. So one thing I wanted to let other businesses that are like hearing us is to let them know how LA Chamber can really help them in terms of like growing their business. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have so many different programs that it's really difficult to um, lay it all out in a simple podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And it would also be really boring to listen to. But I will say that, uh, you know, our uh, benefits and our value does differentiate depending on whether you're a small business entrepreneur Mm -hmm. or you're one of our Fortune 100 um, members. Um, The larger corporations will usually work with us because we have four different nonprofit organizations and it's a great way to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great touch point for um, giving back and philanthropic efforts, but also our policy and advocacy team is one of the strongest uh, in the country in terms of advocating for businesses and their interests on cities, state and uh, federal levels. if you're a smaller business or an entrepreneur that doesn't require the handholding of our advocacy team, uh, you don't need our representation maybe at a city council meeting mm-hmm. or um, looking over uh, different um, uh, policy and agenda items, then you, you have all of our resources and relationships. Uh, so, of course, you have the connections not only through networking and happenstance connections, but we really try to give our VIP service uh, to members of um, all different industries and employee sizes. Um, I like to consider myself almost a business development extension of uh, any uh, entrepreneur that is looking to make connections depending on what they do and what values they offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then above and beyond that, we also have uh, our workshops, which are tremendously beneficial. Everything from getting to know what uh, state laws are impacting your business on a human resource level mm-hmm. uh, for the year and um, new technologies that can uh, enhance the way you do business and even learning about uh, procurement and how to uh, get in the mix for um, RFPs for major uh, corporate uh, major corporations and uh, government contracts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, one of the workshops we did, Looking LA hosted one of the uh, workshops for actually introducing, actually improving the marketing using the intelligent tools for small for the business owners. So it was the feedback was really great. Great. Even like some of the uh, participants also became a, our client. You know, they actually asked us to help them. So yeah, the feedback and the number of the attendees, you know, there's was really huge. When we compare it to the other like chambers that we did or we work with, it's way different. How many members? We have um, over seventeen hundred members. Uh, it's my goal that in the next couple of years, I'd like to see that mm -hmm. up to uh, thirty-two hundred members. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, a real. So that's a goal for. That's a that, that's a goal for me. For you, um, yeah, for the chamber. Um, but we have so many different businesses. We have a lot of untapped potential mm -hmm. in the LA market. Um, right now, there's more tech jobs in Los Angeles than there are in San Francisco. Yeah. And we're one of the largest manufacturing hubs mm -hmm. in um, the entire country. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So just there is unlimited potential for economic development and uh uh, job growth and investment growth. Mm -hmm. What are the main programs uh, that the small businesses can get benefits of? Sure. For, so, for someone who has started the business, because we get a lot from like prospects calling us, you know, that they say like, yeah, I'm just starting a business. And then uh, I think, uh, and they ask us a marketing question, you know. So what I think for some of those people, maybe some of our listening or watching us are is, that maybe they have to establish their business first, you know, and then start like doing the digital marketing or like in order to grow their business. So I think LA Chamber, from my experience, was really a big advantage, you know, to actually help us to grow the business or starting the business, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, it really depends on what your pressing needs are. Mm -hmm. And then based on what those, uh, top priorities are, I'm able to work with members to help kind of put them in the right direction. Uh, for instance, if it's just about client acquisition, business mm -hmm. development, uh, I would say go to any of our different mixers, um, go to our referral network. Yeah. I mean, our chamber delivers over 40,000 different business client referrals per year. Mm-hmm. So that's one avenue if you're just looking to get business or just come to um, a res representative such as myself and say, mm -hmm. this is what I do. I'm looking to connect with businesses that do X. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And we'll make those connections. Uh, the second uh, tier, if you're looking to grow your business in, in terms of development of mm -hmm. capital and scaling, um, we have some of the largest investment and financial institutions in the entire country that are our members. Um, and that's a really important piece of making connections, I believe, is when you join the chamber, it can literally enable you to think about your business differently mm -hmm. in five years yeah. than maybe you had ever even imagined. Exactly. Even some of our larger members that maybe are already have a hundred employees, maybe have two offices. Mm -hmm. They haven't thought about how can I uh, branch out and open international offices or offices all around the country, yeah. uh, nationwide. And we have a lot of different, uh, 
uh, consultancies and banks and investment firms that are also Los Angeles Chamber members mm-hmm. that were able to uh, make those connections. Mm. <clears throat> and I remember there are a lot of uh, connections with Office Depot or the other like big like corporations mm-hmm. that the small business can get benefits or offer Absolutely. you their offers. You know? Yeah, discounts, sure. Yeah. Another was the interesting was uh, the fast. I don't remember the name. I think it was fast networking. Am I right? Uh, speed networking. Speed yes. networking. Yeah. yeah well, that was amazing. I mean, like two minutes time to pitch your company and then like hear from someone else. That would be really good, good for a small business, even though, you know, that they can like even practice to learn like how to pitch their company, you know. And um, there are a lot, there is another department for dedicated to startups. Is it the uh, Bikesell Exchange? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Bixel Exchange, it's uh, an uh, incubator slash accelerator mm-hmm. that's actually a part of our Center for Innovation and Technology at the LA Chamber. Mm-hmm. And they've already raised in the last three years, I don't know the exact figure, somewhere between 12 and $14 million oh. uh, for uh, startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, and with an emphasis on also female and um, minority uh, mm-hmm. startup founders. Uh, so we've also helped build out Snapchat's Design Academy oh. for design professionals. And beyond that, help to address the talent gap that mm-hmm. so many corporations are discussing that uh, LA has with our tech talent pipeline mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, people are graduating uh, high school and college with mm-hmm. the skills they need uh, to get jobs at any of these tech centers. Okay, Is there any um, separate portal or website for Bixel Exchange? Then yeah, the... BixelExchange.com. Okay, so we're going to include it all in the description. Great. So you can click and learn more about it. And uh, let's go talk more about like your background here. That uh, you actually start like building a relationship with the big corporations, IBM, General Motors. What was it like? I mean, like, yeah, I was. Tell us how you started. I mean. Sure. Yeah, I um, I started off uh, at a um, marketing agency mm-hmm. uh, about uh, forty minutes north of here uh, in Westlake Village uh, called Giant Partners. What year uh, was it? Oh, gee, it was uh, two thousand five. Oh. Yeah, two thousand five, and. Um, you know, this was uh, before the recession. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a direct marketing agency, so just at the infancy of uh, mobile marketing, email marketing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we were a, a database uh, list company. Mm-hmm. And um, through uh, working there for about four years, mm-hmm. uh, I went from just uh, cold calling, literally out of the newspaper, just yeah. trying to get a, appointments for uh, senior executives um, to sell our services mm-hmm. as a direct marketing agency. And um, I went from just making cold calls out of newspapers to um, starting to close some accounts on uh, accounts myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I specialized within the automotive vertical and also financial services. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the more that, uh, I really developed a, a habit just for reading and I mm. subscribed to the, all the different industry specific newsletters for, uh, advertising age and ad week, uh, mm-hmm. to be considered for different RFPs. Um, 
I uh, started reading the Wall Street Journal and, mm-hmm. you know, Inc. and all those different uh, great entrepreneurial financial magazines. And um, just through continuing to cold call, but yeah. instead of the newspapers on, you know, more of a real time and uh, a proactive manner, I managed to secure some pretty large accounts. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was a great learning experience. I was in my early 20s. Uh, a lot of a lot of people at that agency were my age and mm-hmm. earning six figures and uh i really fell in love with uh marketing yeah. and uh learning from discussing with business owners about really what makes a business tick right. what makes them decide to make an investment versus hold back yeah. and just like all those psychological dynamics about uh running a business mm-hmm. uh, really appealed to me yeah so this is exactly what we feel as the digital marketing agency in Los Angeles is while you are helping others to grow, you also help about their business. Mm-hmm. So we work with all industries, different sizes from small to mid sizes. So you learn a lot from their business point of view. And also while we are growing a company, our company too. So you learn a lot about the business, right? That's exactly right. So why did you left the marketing? Um, you know that was around the time of the big uh, the Great Recession. Recession happened. Yeah, uh, over seventy five percent of our business were banks and mortgage companies and mm. uh, real estate companies, uh, law firms that specialized in uh, even um, uh, refinance and credit companies. Um, so it was a pretty brutal hit to uh, the company, and there were mass uh, layoffs and yeah. a lot of kind of restructuring what to do and then it was around that time um 09 where i realized that uh you know my background even before uh discovering that marketing agency my passion was music i'm a third generation angelino Mm. native um i'm a third generation musician um i was signed to an indie record label before i uh before i started the you know nine to five lifestyle Mm. and uh I thought, you know, when I was working at the, uh, when I was being represented by an indie label, I always thought, I, this is something I could do myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just went on LinkedIn, started looking for business partners that believed in the same things that I did mm-hmm. and were uh, looking to build something. And uh, I did that. And then I jumped aboard uh, an aspiring entrepreneur um, at Planet LA Records, mm-hmm. and a uh, partnership was born. And, uh, you know, this was at a time where along with the being in the recession at the same time, there was a digital revolution in music and, uh, nobody was buying CDs anymore. People were still, uh, downloading a lot of illegal music. Mm -hmm. This was even before Spotify. Um, uh, there was, I'm trying to remember there was of course Napster. They Mm -hmm. were starting to do, um, do they were in the downloads business yeah. uh there was groove shark i was using yeah. that as a streaming vehicle for a while uh but because uh the all the major shinks sinks the ships were sinking yeah uh all the doors were open all the labels were um answering their phones mm-hmm. uh, suddenly all the gatekeepers uh, left their doors open yeah and there was a lot of room for us to uh, make relationships and to, uh, you know, help 
uh, market uh, talent. Mm-hmm. So that was the advantage of Mumbai. Yeah, absolutely. After the recession, mm-hmm. what kind of like opportunity that you saw? Well, and not only that, yeah, and not only that, um, we made our money really by marketing artists rather than, uh, you know, putting a lot of money out to uh, pay for uh, the whole traditional record model. It's mm-hmm. expensive. You put a lot of money into uh, putting out a recorded product and marketing it. It's a lot of overhead. It's a lot of expense. Uh, so on the service provider end, we would do a lot of uh, curating music experiences, music events, and mm-hmm. showcases uh, for brands that wanted to hire talent. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, worked with companies like uh, Whole Foods and you know Kind Snacks and um, One Coconut Water. We we worked with a lot of consumer brands that wanted to have musical experiences, mm-hmm. and so that's what we were able to do. Yeah, that's great. What was this? What is the story about the film on in Hologram USA? Yeah, so um, uh, where to begin? I, I it, uh, it when it happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, there was. It was a really interesting experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had always wanted to be in the entertainment industry yeah. in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. That was my dream since. Uh, I stopped performing as a musician. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I always wanted to, uh, you know, be in Beverly Hills and look at, look for a studio, mm-hmm. but, uh, th- there weren't, uh, a lot of opportunities unless you already had connections. Yeah. And well, also net- networking is. Yeah, the main thing. I mean, I think and, the entertainment in sure. Los Angeles. Yeah, but even then, I always joke that uh, certain industries like yeah. to think of themselves as secret agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of uh, talent agents or even media agents or uh, advertising a- agencies. You don't see a lot of them at networking events. Either it, either it's because uh, they don't get a lot of value out of it, or it's part of their business model that they need to be secretive, so yeah. they're not out a lot. Um, but uh, anyways, I was on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I came across, uh, this guy named Alki David, who was looking to, uh, build up his sales office in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I find out that he's actually a multi-billionaire that owns 30 Coca-Cola bottling plants, uh, all wow. over the world. And, uh, he was looking to really do something disruptive. He mm-hmm. was making the first streaming free TV platform. This was before Pluto TV. Now you see uh, all these Pluto billboards. They were just recently acquired by Viacom. But their precursor was Film on TV, um, a live streaming IPTV platform. Mm -hmm. And then um, in addition to having that ad-based free uh, streaming TV model, he also bought out the patent uh, from the uh, company AV Concepts that did uh, Tupac at Coachella, mm-hmm. at uh, if you remember that, and so uh, he brought he bought the uh, proprietary um, copyrights and um, IP for the hologram technology, which is called Pepper's mm-hmm. Ghost, and we did some really cool things. I uh, I did the hologram for Jenny Rivera at the uh, Dia de los Muertos fe- festival in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Estrella Jalisco sponsor the event, and 
we got over 30 million um, impressions, earned impressions over the weekend, over 48 hours. Um, I also uh, produced a digital series uh, with Weed Maps, Almost Legal with Tommy Chong. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first uh, cannabis branded entertainment series. And uh, it was uh, a really incredible experience. Yeah, and then uh, also the uh, you mentioned about the Sunset Strip. Yeah, so for the last, um, before coming over to the chamber, mm-hmm. I was the executive director for the Sunset Strip mm-hmm. and also the West Hollywood Design District. And that was basically being in charge of uh, their marketing and programming and um, uh, it was a great opportunity. You, you made a lot of changes, though. I, I, uh, I, I did. Well, at least I worked in tandem with the city to help implement those changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we promoted uh, the adoption of uh, the uh, trolleys that you now see on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we sold the rights to the outdoor banners mm-hmm. at a time when Netflix had bought up all the billboards, yeah. which made it a very... Uh, expensive commodity mm-hmm. and um, yeah that over tripled our revenues um, mm-hmm. of working with the city uh, so they took over the expense of the cleaning and the security and uh, that also facilitated in a big uh, growth of our uh, revenue base mm-hmm. um, so yeah it was a lot of positive changes well, for the city of West Hollywood uh, so why did you left the entertainment industry now? well that's a great. That's a great question. Or you still like want to be involved in the entertainment, well, or you just look, want to get I, a break? I I always I always say go where you're wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I in between working at uh, Planet LA Records and Film On, and then from Film On to uh, the City of West Hollywood, mm-hmm. I realized that there's a lot of egos involved a lot of people not wanting to uh welcome new talent Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh you know machiavellian uh wanting to uh, take successes for things Mm -hmm. and really you need to go where you're wanted Mm -hmm. Uh, i realized that while uh, there's a lot no shortage of creative talent in the creative industries Mm -hmm. Every other um, enterprise is dying for creative ideas and creative solutions. Yeah. Um, you know, working with uh, having the chance to work with the city of Beverly Hills and their next Beverly Hills program, uh, working with the city of West Hollywood and the mm-hmm. tourism board, uh, they're dying for new ideas. Mm-hmm. They're lo- they're looking proactively. What can we do that's different and better and engages yeah. new audiences and that's something that I've consistently offered, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I've gravitated towards as a result. Yeah, that's something exactly I wanted to spread and tell to everyone to be positive and open to get like more new ideas or fresh ideas. You know, because we see a lot of like companies or even like the business owners that they don't want to accept any ideas. You know, they wanted to go with their own. So, do, do you have any like example of something of the companies? Maybe they failed because of this mindset or like they well, I, a success story because of that. Well, I, I can't really speculate what's going on 
and decision makers heads of certain companies i I don't know what they're going through behind closed doors or inside their heads Mm -hmm. but what i can say are a couple of different anecdotes one of them was when i started off with a planet a planet la records in the music industry i originally started interviewing at uh, universal music um, as an intern and I didn't have a, a, a chance. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any connections. This was back in you know 2009, mm-hmm. around there. And I thought to myself, well, I want to be in this industry, and you know, uh, there's there's no chance that I can get a, get an internship anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, well, look at Rick Rubin and look at. Uh, you know, Russell Simmons, look at all of these people that started indie labels by themselves. So why don't I just do that? Mm-hmm. I would much rather uh, start at the top of something small than yeah. start at the bottom. Uh, and Los Angeles is really expensive. I can't I be know. working for free. Yeah. So I thought, you know, why don't I start off doing something, hustle for money and start at the top of something small. Mm-hmm. So that's the path I chose there. Uh, the uh, other aspect is stop. Um, I, I wouldn't limit yourself mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, well, I had, I had the idea that, you know, I wanted to be in this industry and I wanted to have this job and um, or I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I will, you know, I will uh, stay broke and stay hungry and homeless and whatever it takes to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You have to know how to pivot and how to make changes based on your life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be married to labels. Just look at what's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if one industry is in recession or one industry is in decline, move to another recession. I mean, move to another uh, industry. position. Yeah. Industry. Um you know, train for uh, expand your skill set. Uh, always look to grow. Yeah. Don't just, just learn more, own. even yeah. from the other industries. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be really. Even though it can help you, even though if you go back to the industry that maybe you love, then you have more experiences to even grow in that industry or make some changes. Right. You know, this is. But the entertainment, I mean, in uh, Los Angeles, what I see is, do you feel that maybe sometimes it's going wrong in the wrong way? Because when I compare it, like what I what I say is, if you compare every every three years to the past, you see a lot of like changes. Now we have a lot of labels, artists that they come, they're really get super famous for like one year, then they're gone. You know, is it like what what do you think about the entertainment or like music industry of the uh, city here? Well, when when MySpace and Facebook yeah. first uh, came around. Um, I always joke that it was like it, it was like the internet became the wastebasket mm-hmm. of uh, A&R, artist and repertoire. Um, you know, what used to never make it onto the radio airwaves is now all over the internet. So right. we're, so, you know, discovering new music has almost become a chore for us as listeners. And that's one that we don't want. We don't want to have to listen to garbage just to find good music. Mm-hmm. We want the good music already packaged and delivered for us. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, the, the cream usually rises to the top. Mm -hmm. Look at how it worked uh, before the democracy of the internet. I, and that's not to uh, diminish anyone that's um, made it organically through YouTube videos and yeah. become a big sensation. Um, you know, uh, that's also a good democratizing platform. Yeah. But you still have to sift through a lot of direct to find the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So all that to say that, you know, um, there is a lot of here today, gone tomorrow, but the good stuff usually lasts. Oh, yeah. That's I right. mean, uh, look at Lady Gaga. Yeah, she exactly. started off in 99, 2000 with her first single and yeah. is still here today making better music than she ever has. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Muse is a great rock band. More They've, successful she's like getting. Yeah. More successful every day. Yeah. yeah she is amazing. Yeah. And uh, then you have uh, groups like Muse, who's a great rock act yeah. uh, from, you know, 2003, 2004. Uh, now they're bigger than ever, selling out arenas. Uh, so, you know, the good stuff lasts. But what's changing in entertainment is what people are willing to watch and where they're willing to watch it. Mm. Um, so people uh, spending more time watching, you know, videos, uh, Instagram stories or Snapchat stories. Mm -hmm. um, uh, TikTok, which is a new uh, music video platform. Mm -hmm. um, Esports, which has been huge for a long time. Look at how they're selling out Madison Square Garden for three nights just uh, for to watch people play video games. Yeah. So what people are willing to watch is changing. Do you you, you think like it's gonna affect the entertainment in terms of like people more eager to watch? It, it, uh, there's just more competition about what to watch, mm. um, or and maybe like what to produce for people to exactly. Watch. That's a good point. That maybe like the kind of hustle or like the point of view for the entertainment industries or companies, you know, or even the artists though. Well, it's it it's also made creativity uh, that much more important and powerful. Yeah, you know, as much as the studios. Um, like to stick to a formula of let's make another, you know, five superhero movies, mm -hmm. uh, then that's why Jordan Peele is so popular right now because it's truly original storytelling and that will never die. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it just takes shareholders of these corporations a little while to understand that mm -hmm. and that the, that powerful storytelling is very profitable it's not always the cheapest, yeah. but it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. So about the entertainment industry, what is your tip for people who wants to get involved in this industry? Because there are a lot, though. We are in Burbank. Yeah. Know, so we see it every day. Who are like, well, wanted to be word acting or um, script writers. You know, so there are a lot. Everyone here that we see around us, I mean a part of the marketing agency and seeing people who are involved in the creativity, I mean, but they wanted, really wanted to be getting involved into the entertainment industry as well. I would just, I would just say that education is, education is the path to success. Mm -hmm. That whatever uh, your skill is, if you're a great audio engineer, go to audio engineer school, go to the recording school, go to MI, mm -hmm. um, go to Berkeley College of Music, whatever it is, and learn how to be the best that you can and be. And have patience. And, and have patience. <laughs> um, you know, if, it, if you're 
uh, interested in being a producer, mm-hmm. you know, read every week, read through Variety, uh, read through Hollywood Reporter. Um, so this is one really, of the problems. Yeah. Though. This is what I see is one of the problem is because everything can happen very fast. You can order whatever you want with one click on Amazon and get, get it tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So people think that they can be successful like that. Oh, so, w- you know, when you tell them, like, you have to read and experience, it's not going to happen overnight. But they believe that it can happen because one day they slip and they, when they woke up and they see a billboard of someone they know on the sun- sunset, you know, but they don't know the story of that artist or that person that they were like hustling or working right. for the last five years. Yeah. So there are a lot of like, people that I met at very young, like 20 and 20 years old, you know, 21, and then they wanted to get involved in entertainment or even starting a business. And when you tell them, like, you, you, it's too early for you and you have to learn a lot, just have a patient and just learn and experience more. So you see, like, this is the same in entertainment as well. I mean, like, the education mm-hmm. is a role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, education is just so important. I mean, the people that make it the farthest in life. Uh, are probably the most educated. I think even, you know, uh, Warren Buffett says that he tries to read more than a book a day. Yeah. A book a day. That's 30 30 books a month. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's really what's going to carry you to where you need to go. And not a lot of people have that, uh, um, what's the word, that discipline. Yeah. Uh, for um, always learning and educating themselves. Um, they just kind of think they know everything. Yeah, I know. And they're limiting themselves in that respect. I, I would say discipline is... There are a lot of factors to become successful, but discipline, I think, is the first thing that people should learn. Yes. And if they don't have that discipline... They cannot get anywhere. I mean, right? No way. Absolutely. So, tell us more about your entrepreneurship experiences. Well, the the problems. I mean, like, wanted to. I wanted to know more about the like the hustles or when, actually, when they you you felt that hey, you know, you just the story you said about the recession. You know, when the recession happened, but you saw the opportunity to work with more companies because they opened sure. they opened their gates. So, what are the other like experiences that you? Well, I'd, I'd actually back up a little bit from that mm-hmm. and would say that one of the things that I realized through my journeys is that um, at least in this juncture of my life, we all go through these adventures and our careers take many different pathways. At this point in my life, I realized that uh, for the meantime, now that uh, you know, I'm proud to be a member of the LA Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I'm not built for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that through this hustle culture Mm -hmm. that we've started to, um, you know, worship and fetishize entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Like it's this great thing and everybody's going to make it. And, uh, you know, that's the hot, sexy thing to do is Mm -hmm. be this tech entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone wants to be the next Evan Spiegel or Mark Zuckerberg. And... You know, really, not all of us are built for it. Exactly. Not all of us are built for it. And we need to empower the people that have also made, made the decision that mm-hmm. I want to be a team player and yeah. I want to really help build 
organizations exactly. and help them scale. And that's how the, the business can become successful, right? Because an, as an entrepreneur, we cannot do all alone, right? We need a great team players. Yeah. So, for example, because of your knowledge and your experience for with Sunset Innovate, you make them more successful. You increase the revenue. You know. Right. So this is exactly maybe it's an, another problem again now. So everyone wants to just be, and I blame. A lot of like motivational videos sure you know and and you we see it a lot because as you said people are more watching like stories or facebook videos maybe it's like get more uh they get influence that they have to be an entrepreneur and create something but they could be a very great team player you know and like one of the best maybe managers in the company that they can help the company to grow faster even though yeah but they are like kind of wasting their time and there are a lot of like depression over that you know because mm -hmm. they wanted to be maybe entrepreneur because yeah. of those videos influenced by those and uh, i think this is exactly about you i mean like the way that you help these companies and then organizations well what i what i found is that in the last three years is mm -hmm. that I get to have the best of both worlds. Um, I have the in independence and the flexibility of an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, while contributing to a team and helping an organization grow and thrive. Both when I was with the with West Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, my job was to be in the fields all the time, just meeting with all the businesses and all the different owners meeting with the chamber and mm -hmm. the city stakeholders and building out programming and marketing and really supporting the economic environment of mm -hmm. uh, West Hollywood. The same thing, I, I have the same charge now with the LA Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. except for instead of supporting 10 blocks or so, I'm supporting a whole county. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I It's my journey now to meet with all businesses and business stakeholders in all of LA County. So in both roles, I get to start off with a coffee meeting and then go off to a lunch meeting mm -hmm. and uh, take tours of really fantastic venues and new companies that are being built, mm -hmm. uh, new ecosystems for entrepreneurs to thrive in. So I get the freedom of being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. uh, while at the same time being able to uh, work with great resources and tremendous organizations. Mm -hmm. So I've managed to kind of create a career where I get to have the best of both worlds. No, oh, so that's great though. What, what do you think for, because again, you have both experiences. You've been an entrepreneur now, you're working in the LA Chamber of Commerce. I mean, like maybe experience, as you're saying, like the experience in both roles. Well, what do you suggest to people who are maybe struggling to choose between being an entrepreneur and doing it by themselves or like being a part, positive part or like important part of an Indian company to, to in order to recognize, you, it you know, takes, it takes a lot of self-awareness and mm -hmm. self-analysis to determine that you've reached a point to where you have enough resources, manpower, and uh, hours, and at the same time, uh, some sort of financial support mm -hmm. to allow you to leave Move your... Forward, though, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have the mission in mind to build up 
um, your own business, mm-hmm. I would say do it while you're working on the off hours because, you know, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be having to work 12, 16 hours a day. Uh, yeah. Get used to it while you have a, f- a full-time job and you're able to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at the same, for me, I have no such plans to do that. Um, I, I, I'm... But let, and it all yeah. comes from self-awareness. Self-awareness and self-analysis. Anal- yeah. uh, you know, but that's a skill, though. Yeah. That's the, a skill you have. You're right. That's you're a problem right. that maybe the, another pe- I mean, people... They don't have that, maybe, and they have to learn. So this is right. something that they they should don't. be aware of the learning, the being self-aware, and know your, you know, the everything about yourself, analyzing yourself. Yeah, I've I, I've had friends that went out to start businesses when they had absolutely no way to, um, you know, support uh, their basic needs mm-hmm. and watch them really suffer because of it. Um, I, I would say that just always take uh, take stock of where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have your basic needs being met? Uh, if not, ha- what people can you meet? Uh, what uh, functions can you attend? Uh, where do you want to go in life next? Mm-hmm. And just take those measures, take those steps. Do you know, I mean, like, do you have any suggestion for self-awareness? Yeah, a, a mean, part of just I mean, like what, one of them sure. would be the reading. I mean, like what? How can they? You know, what? What do you think that there, people there, can like improve their self awareness or become sure. more aware of their like? There, there what are they a, like there are a few things, and mm. I'm by no means an expert in this, but I'll tell you two of the things that I can really relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, of course, my wife. She's fantastic. Having a life partner that can be honest with you. Um, you know, if you're not married or in a relationship, uh, then your close knit, close knit friends, um, have, having, uh, a good support system or your family or your family to say someone who can be honest with you. Yes. Someone who can be honest with you that, Hey, um, you know, uh, you need work on your speech. Maybe go to a Toastmasters Mm -hmm. or, uh, I really noticed that, uh, you get nervous in meetings. Maybe you should um, explore opportunities to address your anxiety issues. Yeah. Uh, so different things to kind of help people be at peace with themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second aspect is looking at patterns. Uh, you can't always, if you look at patterns of things that didn't work out, mm-hmm. you can't always say, point your finger outward and say, oh, it was this person that did this to me or that person didn't like to me for X reason to blame others. You really have to look at patterns mm-hmm. and say, okay, where can I really say, uh, be honest with myself and say that I messed up here or I messed up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a self ownership I think is the key is also a big key to self-awareness as well. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the issues. I mean, like really, really interested. I mean, like even in the, channel of the, the leading mindset that we call it so we really wanted to address these issues for listeners yeah and the thing started when um, we started looking at like in los angeles as a digital marketing agency for past two years so we met for with over maybe 500 business owners you know in meeting or even our clients or prospects or in meetings so when i was meeting the young generations 
they are 25 24 years old you know i see a lot of all these issues but what i feel is it was it was kind of easier for us back then to just like take a break for it an hour even or a day to think about ourselves or finding the patterns you know i i feel like some somehow is like more people's life is more they're more busier you know even though with the maybe the obsession with the social media or even though in the los angeles the ego you know so i think these are the, all of the issues or the factors that they have to work on so to increase to improve their self-awareness to become more aware of their interests you know the order of flaws they have to work also in parallel like in the others other stuff too you know yeah it's uh it, it's a whole combination mm-hmm. of uh self-improvement not just from your stock youtube motivational videos but reading um reading motivational books on leadership reading psychological uh, books and to learn yeah. more about the absolutely how humans function because right. I, I think it's way it's getting more harder now to address this we can address these issues but to solve them for people maybe it's kind of like harder because they have to also keep up with their life right you know that's that, a good that point was, yeah, that was a great talk about the entrepreneurship i mean like and the mindset i mean and uh your experience was really really amazing and um tell us about the let's talk about again about the la chamber of commerce what what are the plans you have for the 2019 i mean you, you said about the goal that you want to increase the members sure i want to but, but again for the even the business owners or people who wants to be involved even maybe working with or for the LA Chamber of Commerce? I mean, so tell, tell us more about yeah. the plans or anything upcoming. Sure, so we have uh, we have a variety of different programming coming up. Um, in the near to immediate future, we have World Trade Week, mm-hmm. where we have you know hundreds of international delegates and consulate generals um, connecting with us about economic trade and regulations, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have... Uh, in June, BizCon, which is essentially the state of business mm-hmm. uh, summit for uh, Los Angeles, uh, we have no shortage of great programming. So my uh, charge within all of this is to one, build out and increase membership mm-hmm. for all the different uh, industries and companies that uh, have traditionally not been a part of the membership, either just due to lack of engagement or lack of awareness, whatever the case is. But um, building up our cannabis committee, mm-hmm. um, that's a thriving industry in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, different municipalities are just getting used to uh, issuing their business licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, want to make sure they're supported in every way possible uh, by the chamber. Uh, and then also different uh, creative companies. Uh, there are a lot of uh, designers, artists, and uh, creatives in Los Angeles that uh, don't really have a uh, robust um, business association supporting mm-hmm. their needs and interests. And I think the chamber can play a big role in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking forward to that with the upcoming LA Design Festival in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, con- connecting with a lot of different uh, uh, lifestyle and next gen companies that appeal to um, millennials, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, new forms of e commerce companies and, um, you know, retail and fashion, uh, you know, 
uh, sneakers, mm-hmm. uh, technology. Um, so there are a lot of interesting uh, programming plays coming up in the fall as well that we're planning on. Mm-hmm. Can't speak to them as of yet, but mm-hmm. uh, really looking just to expand the footprint of the chamber to new industries. Mm-hmm. So we're going to also uh, include in the description all the link from a big silk exchange program for tech startups. Absolutely. And also the news page that people can learn more about the programs of the LA Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. And the last thing I'd also like to um, mention is that uh, we're building out Next LA, which is for the young professionals in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, um, ages 40 and under. If they're looking uh, to build a business or connect with some of the businesses that are already chamber members, Mm -hmm. this is really a great way to get your uh, exposure to the LA Chamber and learn how to be a part of something bigger than than yourself. Is it kind of like more workshops or? Uh, There are are some workshops that are being planned, but it's mostly um, a lot of just uh, uh, networking and consultation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. So uh, for the last question, tell us anything, any tips that maybe you have for people who are like watching us, both our business owners or like who wants to, who are struggling in business or who are even like successful or maybe don't want it to grow. So if you have any tips in terms of like, I would say in the mindset, you know, that we discussed. You know, I, I think that in this era of uh, social media and um, posturing reality in, TV in, in well not even just reality TV but you know just self-branding yeah. you know everyone is a brand um, and we tend to kind of get too much into our own heads mm-hmm. about what do I stand for what do I represent what do I want others to think of me yeah. um, just real life personal connections are so important mm-hmm. um, they say that your network is your net worth yeah. so making sure that you're spending time uh, with people that uh, you aspire to be like, exactly. that you look up to, with the right people, yeah, with uh, surrounding yourself with the right people, yeah. and um, looking to each other for guidance. I think that too often we're getting uh, too much of our guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not to um, diminish in any way this wonderful experience we're having together, but um, you know. Uh, podcasts and books and videos and everything that should be a small part of our learning of our diet of experience if you will um but having more of our diet of consultations coming from our peers yeah of peers that we want to connect with and being honest with uh so that's what i realize i think that we want to take all the responsibility on ourselves sometimes Mm -hmm. That, oh, I can, I alone can fix my own problems. You know, um, I'm going to be burdening others with my problems. Yeah. No, speak with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, connect with your close circle. Um, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich talks about. And help them help others. Help them help others. And, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about having a, um, you know, a um, mindshare group, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a, a millionaire's uh, mindset, a, a mind group, a mindshare group for, through which you can consult with one another's. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say to look to establish a, a circle of close-knit friends, colleagues that you aspire to, that you really want to increase your investment in time and mm-hmm. uh, helping with them get to where they want to be. 
Um, I think that's how we're all going to, at the end of the day, help uh, help get farther. And read more. Yes, and Every read more. Day. Every day. Yeah, that's true. Great. It was really, really a pleasure. And uh, really thanks for coming here. And uh, for sure we'll see you again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This was a great time. Thank great. you, Holly. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye.